Touchdown Locked On Anaheim Ducks. It is the season finale of Goals Thursday and it is interview day. We'll talk about the new coach and the new signings. All of this today on Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going? Welcome to Goals Thursday for the final time for this season. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering minor league hockey for over a decade. You can hear this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Odyssey, or wherever podcasts can be heard. Make sure to download, rate, subscribe. Follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks. And this show is brought to you by the Spotify Green Room. Follow me on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks. And follow me on the Spotify Green Room at Locked on Ducks to find out what I'm going on, which should be later tonight on Thursday. All right. So I have an interview with Scott Matlick coming up. We're going to talk about the new coach for the San Diego Goals, Joel Bouchard, who's going to hopefully make a huge difference with this young San Diego club. There is a lot to dissect from this interview, a lot of information. So definitely stay tuned through the whole thing. You do not want to miss it. And for the Goals fans, there's also going to be a little bit extra at the end of this podcast for the third segment. So once again, stay tuned through the whole show. You do not want to miss it. All right. Without further ado, we're about to welcome Scott Matla into the chat. And here is that interview right now. I'm joined right now by one half of Locked on Montreal Canadiens, Scott Matla. How's it going, Scott? I, I'm doing quite well. I had to unfortunately push back to recording a couple of minutes uh, with the news coming out of Montreal that Shea Weber is not being protected because of potentially career-threatening injuries. So uh, it's been quite a roller coaster the last week or so in Montreal. Yeah, no kidding. With everything that's happened, I mean, that really puts into perspective the tears that he had on his post-game press conference last week. It really puts it all into perspective, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it it's tough. Uh, we're looking at it now that it's like he's not one for emotion anyways, and we're like, oh, it's the Stanley Cup. It is what it is. But taking into account this and the fact that he played through these and played very effectively, oh, it's tough. Like, it, it's not hard to feel bad for Shea Weber right now. Like... I, I know that's not why you brought me on, but man, um, it, it, it's a tough pill to swallow if you're him and if you're the Canadians whose off-season uh, to-do list just got even longer now. Yeah, no kidding, because the Canadians, or rather the Laval Rocket, are now looking for a new head coach for their team. And the reason I bring that up is Joel Bouchard has been named the head coach of the San Diego Goals. And there's a bit of an interesting twist to this one. Uh, first, I'll let you talk about Joel Bouchard and his time with Laval first before I get into how this affects the San Diego Goals and the Anaheim Ducks. So Joel Bouchard came in, it would have been three years ago, this would have been his fourth season had he stayed with the Canadians organization. He came in uh, just after the end of the Rockets inaugural season in Laval when they were a new team. They were objectively terrible. And in his first season behind the bench, the team struggled a fair bit. But you saw promise. And then year after year, the team got better and better. This past year, they won the Canadian division title. And a lot of people assumed uh, if Dominique Ducharme got fired, which it looked like he was going to uh, with a first round hammering at the hands of Toronto, that Joel Bouchard would be the next man up for the Canadians. And then... Obviously, Montreal made the Stanley Cup final. Uh, Joel Bouchard left when his contract actually expired, which 
he's well within his rights to do. And that kind of left the rocket now without an AHL coach or anyone there because he took his assistant, Daniel Jacob, with him to San Diego. Uh, Alex Burroughs, we're not sure if he's going to stay in the NHL or if he's going back to the AHL to coach the team as a head coach and get that experience. It just added a large list of things to do for the Canadians right now. And for Mark Bergevin, it's it's a very tough time for him because he has a lot going on, and now he has, like we said, the Shea Weber thing piled on top of that. Uh, so tell us about his, I guess, tenure with the Laval Rocket the past three seasons because, you know, this does have to do with the goals. Uh, how would you describe his time with the Laval Rocket the past three seasons? So Bouchard is, uh, if nothing else, he expects a lot from people but he doesn't put them in a in a situation where they won't succeed. He puts players where he thinks they can thrive best and lets them grow into their roles. Uh, this past season with the Rocket, he had very deep centers. Like his top-line center from the previous year in Lucas Vedemo started the season as a fourth-line winger, and that's just because of how deep the team is. He's very good at getting the best out of unexpected players. He did it with players like Joe Cox, uh, Yannick Veya, the past two years, has scored 10 goals in each of the last two seasons and has been just a monster for this team. He's now over in Europe because the money's a little bit better than an AHL deal. But his teams were always competitive. Even in games where they might have been getting blown out, there weren't shifts that were taken off. There was always 100% effort. They put everything on net. They have games where they put up 40 shots and you wouldn't even know with how efficient they are he's very good and at the same time he's not always everyone's cup of tea there are <laughs> veterans who were in the ahl who or were demoted from the nhl got through who thought oh no matter what i'm getting top line minutes uh no you do not get to rest on your laurels under joel bouchard he makes it so you work and you earn your spots and when you do he'll give you every opportunity to keep that he's not quick to pull the trigger and demote players he wants people to succeed. He wants the best out of them. And it was a nice step forward for the Canadians who were missing that under their previous regime under Sylvain Lefebvre, which is a name Gulls fans will likely remember as well. He's now obviously gone off to greener pastures, but it was such a stark contrast and change. And Canadians fans everywhere, they saw the, they saw it immediately. They saw the effort. They saw it happening on paper and on the ice. And it's a shame that he's no longer going to be here, but the hope is what he instilled in the franchise is going to stay no matter who's coaching next. Yeah, two things. First, you mentioned Lefebvre, who has now gone to Columbus. I actually had Jay come on last Thursday from Locked On uh, Columbus. We talked about him as well. And something that you brought up about players going down and not necessarily getting the minutes they thought or top line. Uh, one player that I did hear about that didn't quite get along with Bouchard was Dale Weiss is one player who I heard they kind of clashed a little bit. And I've also heard that, you know, if players were being too selfish, he would demote, not demote them, but give them less time. However, something else that you did bring up is that he's amazing with the youngsters. And one guy that I do want to bring up that he apparently transformed very well was Jake Evans, seventh round pick. How much of an effect did Bouchard have on players like Jake Evans? And could that speak to his, I guess, growing, I guess, his new role in San Diego? How do you think it affects the players over there? 
Well, one to touch on the Weiss thing. Uh, Dale Weiss got demoted because he came in and was one of those guys who tried to. I was an NHL player. I used to play top line minutes for the Canadians, and then the effort wasn't there. If you don't buy in, why are they going to keep you around? You know, it, it's one of those things that it creates a toxic atmosphere, and you don't want that when you're developing players. Someone like Jake Evans worked hard for what he did. He was, like you said, he was a seventh round pick, played all four years at Notre Dame, signed his entry level deal. Before he even played a professional game in a preseason tournament, he got absolutely blindsided, smashed his head off the ice, and missed the start of the regular season, came back, and was outstanding for the Rocket. Bouchard was, you know, gave him the opportunity when it called for it, like Evans didn't start on the top line. And then even the next year, Evans struggled a lot. He had like one goal and like four assists, and then he got an empty net goal against Bridgeport, and ended up sparking his entire season, turning it around. Bouchard believes in his guys. He wants them to succeed. He wants to bring out the best in them. And you, Evans was very complimentary of him in his postseason locker cleanout prefer, uh, interviews. Was He mentioned that Joel was a big believer in him, and that helped him a lot. Having that kind of positive reinforcement, it's almost like having a dad coach you on the bench at all times. He loves his players. He'll go to war for his players. He never blames his players for anything. He goes, you know, we got to, we, the coaching staff, got to kind of drop a new game plan and figure out what we can do. It's never on the players. It's never singling anyone out. He's like, oh, we might have done this better or we could have hoped this went better, but it's back to the drawing board. We'll figure it out. There's never any blame assigned to anything. They work hard in practice because Bouchard can only give them the instructions and have them go out there and do it. And sometimes it doesn't go your way. Uh, he's just a, he's a player's coach. If you buy in, if you don't buy in, you're going to feel like you're kind of an outsider on that a little bit. We'll have more with Scott Matla after this brief word from betonline.ag, which is the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust. MLB is in full swing and the NBA finals are in the midst of a tight battle between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Phoenix Suns. If you want to place a bet on the NBA Finals, head on over to betonline.ag and use promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus. Once again, that is betonline.ag, the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network, and please gamble responsibly. We'll have more with Scott Matla on the other side. What are some other players that he helped develop that went on to play for Montreal? What are some other players that, I guess, had a lot of success under Bouchard or really he took under his wing, aside from Evans like we just discussed right now? It's been kind of tough because the prospect pool is slowly filtering into the AHL, which is kind of why I'm sad that he's leaving because there's guys like Jaden Struble and Jordan Harris coming in the pipeline, some guys in Europe that I think would be very good underneath him. But I look at uh, players who might not have made the NHL yet, but are on their way there. Josh Brook uh, had a very rough rookie season. And then this past year, even playing as a fourth-line winger despite being a defender, we saw a new improved player, more confident with the puck, making smart plays and smart reads doing what he needed to do to grow and develop. Lucas Vedemo is another one who I think is a contender for to make uh, the Canadians next year. Ryan Paling had a very tough rookie season with injuries, came back this year before he suffered another season-ending injury, 
and was part of one of the best scoring lines in the AHL with Joseph Blandizi and Joel Teasdale. A player like Rafael Harvey-Pinard, who's undersized but feisty. All of these guys this year bought in, and you can see their development right there. And I think this year and next year, you're going to see a lot of it as they continue to play. And someone I'd also keep an eye on is Corey Schooneman. He was signed as an AHL free agent from – he played in Calgary, played uh, at Western Michigan. Kind of an unknown. We didn't know what to expect from him. And then just a few weeks into the season, we went – this is a guy that Bouchard wanted, he personally wanted, and it's not hard to see why. He grew into a very good AHL defenseman who should be knocking on the NHL door. He can move the puck well, can run the power play, skates well, covers a lot of ground. Just Bouchard giving these guys confidence and giving them the opportunity. There's no one player, I think, that can't afford to learn something underneath him. There's a lot that could be done. And I know Anaheim has a ton of young guys coming up and they have young guys there that it's a huge opportunity for them to grow as players at, in all facets of their game, not just offense, not just defense everywhere around the, uh, in their entire game. That's really good to hear. And to get into the meat and potatoes of this conversation, you know, now that he has his new role with the San Diego goals slash Anaheim ducks, the reason I'm saying that is because he's going in as the goals head coach and some are saying that this could be an audition for the Ducks assured vacation next season because Dallas Eakins is on the third and final year of his contract some even surprised that he's coming back for a third season and even drawing some writers to say I can't believe he didn't get fired during the middle of the season so with coach Eakins coming back and with GM Bob Murray finishing out the final year of his contract as general manager what do you think Bouchard is aiming for here? Do you think he's aiming for the Ducks job? Do you think he's wanting to do some kind of maybe partial assistant GM, partial coach? I mean, what do you think his goal is here with San Diego slash I, I thought for sure he was labeled for a front office job with the Canadians in the near future because he's done a really good job with player development and scouting out these guys in the AHL who are doing very well. I thought for sure maybe they put him in charge of professional scouting and move him up the ranks in the front office uh, as, as it stands right now. And he was very complimentary of Montreal on his way out. He's like, they didn't do anything wrong. It's just that Anaheim offered me something I couldn't turn down right now. He anticipated coming back to Laval next season, but then I think the ducks offered him that. And I look at Dallas Eakins, whose chair right now is just on fire. Mm -hmm. He's going to walk into the Honda center and his chair is just on fire. Oh yeah. (laughs) And it, it's unfair to say because I think Dallas Eakins is a nice guy and all, but he doesn't have that long of a leash. And you look at Joel Bouchard here, it, it, it's pretty obvious to see what's going on here is that Bouchard sees the path forward. Once Ducharme got out of the first round in Montreal against Toronto and they swept the Jets, Bouchard's path to the NHL job evaporated. In Anaheim, it's crystal clear that Eakins, whether he succeeds this year or not, I don't think is coming back. He didn't do well last year in a year where they were hoping to take a step forward. And I look at it and go, Joel Bouchard is not long for the AHL out in San Diego. I would not be shocked that he, that he might be behind the bench in Anaheim before the trade deadline next season. Oh, wow. Before the trade deadline, you're saying. So is this a prediction you're making that Dallas Eakins could be fired midseason? I am. I, I just look at what Dallas Eakins has done. I look at his usage of Trevor Zegris, which 
oh, is bizarre God. and just his general use of players at, in general. And if you're the Ducks and you're looking to rebuild and do and get your young guys in there, kind of like Montreal did with Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki, why are you going to have a coach who isn't going to utilize them? If you're going to be crap, you might as well give players who need the ice time to grow the chance to do so. I'm not saying sink or swim them, and I don't think Bouchard would do that. I think he's going to put them in a situation that he can't that they can't succeed in. But the Ducks have so many young players coming up, and they will probably after this upcoming draft too, that giving them a coach like Bouchard at both levels I think is only going to help them. This I wouldn't be assuming. shocked if Eakins is fun. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's assuming that the Ducks keep their number three pick. We still don't know that yet. They could trade that for Jack Eichel. We still don't know. Yeah, and that's exactly it, is that we don't know what they're going to do yet. They could do a lot. They could do a little. No one knows except for Bob Murray, and I don't think Bob Murray knows. Uh, <laughs> I don't think – I. who knows when Eakins will be gone, but it's very clear that they wanted to have the replacement ready and in-house and in the organization – and Joel Bouchard just happened to be the right guy at the right time for them. So do you think it's possible that he could enter in that Patrick Waugh type role where he could be both a GM type player or a GM type person and the coach of the Anaheim Ducks maybe even this year? I don't think so. I think they might give him some autonomy within the AHL, though. He has a ton of connections through his junior organization. He was uh, in Blainville, Boisrien. We had a joke uh, when he became the coach. He started signing everyone who played for him in some way, shape, or form. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So if you see a rash of of signings from guys from the QMJHL, uh, don't be shocked. He has his connections. He knows what players and what to expect of them. And that works out in their favor. I I would not be shocked if he's part of the management team at the AHL. And whenever he gets promoted, because I do fully believe he will get promoted to the NHL, uh, that he'll be given some kind of, I, I don't know if he'll be given as big of a role, but he'll definitely have input in there. And he's trustworthy enough that he's not abusing that situation as well. He's just, he's a smart guy. He knows people and players and that, and he just knows what his team needs. And he's willing to give guys a shot that might not otherwise, it might be playing less minutes on another team somewhere and goes, get me that guy. And I guarantee I can turn it around. And guess what? It's worked out. He did it with Laurent Dauphin, who he got mm-hmm. from Michael McCarron. He brought Alex Belziel in. Uh, Joseph Blandizi was very good after they traded, you know, noted AHL All-Stars, Phil Verone and uh, Riley Barber to Pittsburgh for him. When he gets his guy, he gets the most out of them. Yeah, it's probably good for Ducks fans to hear. We're not going to have a repeat, hopefully, of... Players like Trevor Zegris getting benched for games at a time. Hopefully we don't have that happen again. It sounds like it won't happen with this coach. And the fact that you said he brings out the best in his players and is good with the youth. This seems like the best possible hire for the Ducks. And I can't think of any better coach, honestly, to take the helm next season. Um, Scott, any final notes and news that might be encouraging for Ducks fans to hear before we let you go? Like I said, uh, some of your veterans might not always mesh with him, but if you get buy-in, uh, your AHL team is going to be incredible. I know there's a lot of young talent up and coming in Anaheim. This helped get the Canadians' pipeline back running. They were stagnant for a while with Lefebvre at the helm. They weren't getting NHL-quality performances from guys, and they had to throw them to the Wolves when they finally got promoted 
due to necessity rather than merit. If they get the buy-in and everyone is all on the same page, pulling in the same direction, you're going to watch the Ducks put together heavy shot performances, shut down defensive performances. They're going to make life easy on their goalie. They're going to be a very solid team if they get the buy-in. And I'm very sad to see him go. I'm glad it wasn't acrimonious. I'm just going to be very sad uh, that Joel Bouchard will uh, no longer be behind the bench of the AHL team that I cover. (laughs) Well, uh, Scott, thank you so much for joining. And where can the fine folks find your podcast and where can they find you on the socials? Well, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at Scott Matla, M-A-T-L-A for the last name. And also at L-O underscore Canadians on Twitter is the podcast account. I do write for Habs Eyes on the Prize at SB Nation as well. You can find my work there, especially with the draft and everything coming up. I'll be very, very prominent there. Uh, Thank you so much for having me on. I'm always here to talk about the uh, gospel of Joel Bouchard for those who will listen. (laughs) We'll be glad to hear it throughout the season. Thanks so much for coming on again. Really appreciate it. Thank you, man. Welcome back to episode number 365 of Locked On Anaheim Ducks, which today is Locked On Goals and is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Can you believe it? 365 shows. We'll talk about that in a second. First, this show is brought to you by rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need, whether you drive a Toyota, a Chevy, an Audi, or maybe you're like Tamu Solani and you have a fancy car like an Aston Martin or a Lamborghini, Rock Auto has all the parts for you. They've been family owned and operated for over two decades. You could save as much as 50 or 60% on auto parts. So once again, head over to rockauto.com and in the how did you hear about us box, tell them that Locked On Ducks sent you. Once again, that is rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. Rock Auto. And this is episode 365. I have done a whole year of episodes. And if you thought one guest was great... Well, guess what? You get two for the price of one today. (gasps) How about that? Because joining me for the final time this season is John Broadbent from Defend the Nest. And John, uh, before we get started, there was a really cool piece that featured you. If you want to talk about that, I know you collaborated with my buddy Jay Forster on this. If you want to tell the people about that for a hot second. Yeah, it was not until after I had done that interview that I realized that you two knew each other. I didn't actually see his face. He stayed blank during the Zoom call, but um, I got to speak, and I wasn't even expecting to speak directly with Brock McGillis for his uh, Hockey Pride project. Um, and I'm one of over 100 people that have taken part in that. I mumbled my way through trying to make some, some coherent chat on um, my experiences with being gay and playing hockey. A couple of days later, there was a, a good friend of his that spoke really well on it and was very eloquent and I was like, why couldn't I sound like that guy? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I tried. Yeah, got some cool kudos from people on that. Um, But yeah, it was was, was a pretty neat thing to be a part of. He asked some really tough questions uh, and I'm thinking to myself, like, I really still want to be good with the Ducks here, maybe get accreditation eventually, but I'm also saying, hey, you guys should be doing more. And we actually kind of did some cool brainstorming, like the girls did those pride jerseys Mm-hmm. Um, you know, AHL teams continually, you, they do themed jerseys. They play in the games wearing those jerseys. NHL teams, whenever they do themed jerseys, they just do it at practice. They don't, or warm ups, they don't play them during the game. So to me, I mean, 
I don't see what's the big deal about having the odd themed jersey in a game. I mean, they're bringing in more and more third jerseys lately. Yeah, I think if I think minor league teams ought to do more with those as well. Um, so I have you on because this is the season finale for Locked On Goal. So I thought, who better to have the person from Defend the Nest for the season finale of Locked On Goals? And we do have some signings to talk about. I recently talked about the coach, but we haven't talked about the three new signings, three goals coming back. And this is pretty good news if you're a San Diego Goals fan, because look who's coming back. Vinny Letary. Vinny Letary is going to come back on a two-way deal. And the brothers Carrick, they're both coming back. So you get two for the price of one there as well. Sam Carrick and Trevor Carrick. The only difference, Sam Carrick gets a one-year, one-way deal. Vinny Letary and Trevor Carrick, they get two-way deals. So let's start with Sam Carrick. He's got that one-way deal. He deserves this, doesn't he? I completely agree. Yep. He had that that time with the Ducks at the end of the year. Um, showed a lot more grit and uh, facet to his game that we've seen when he's had his call-ups before. And made a name for himself, really. He, he definitely deserves this one-way deal. And it also begs the question, what if he does make the Ducks next year? What happens to the goals' captaincy? I mean, this has happened before with Magna. They need to assign another captain. That's a very good question and some and something that we do need to talk about. Just in case Sam Carrick does make it to the Ducks and sticks around, who would you nominate as the new captain for the San Diego Goals? Or who in your mind would be a good captain? I, and we actually were saying, he's still unsigned, but right now for me it's Chase DeLeo. I, I like that. I like having the local La Mirada kid. And he's shown that yeah. he can really lead a team and he doesn't yeah. have the accrued games required by 25 so he is sort of an unrestricted free agent but i would think if the goals are going to re-sign someone i think delio would be another vet that they would and should resign. Uh, someone else that i thought possibly could come back and maybe at least have an a would be andrew podorowski uh, podorowski yes. i thought was brilliant last year and he's still unsigned as well but that's another candidate for captaincy. I'll throw out a name out there. Um, let's yep. let's see. Why not throw out Carrick's brother? Carrick did wear the A a little bit last season, didn't he? Yes, and it's funny you say him because I my other one who also wore the A last year is Keegan Lowe, mm-hmm. and he's been a captain for the for the Condors. But then I'm trying to remember was Trevor a captain for the Barracuda? He might have been. I, I believe he was an alternate for the Barracuda because the Barracuda didn't have a captain oh, okay. for a while. So, yeah, there's plenty of choice. It's just whoever gets on, end up being under contract. And I'm glad they brought back, you know, I, I said in my article uh, at the end of the season, I, I liked Trevor's uh, net-clearing game. It's what he brings to the goals, and it's sort of like what they missed when um, Huckenpah left. The problem is with the veteran rule coming back into effect next year, there's only so many veterans they can have. Uh, I really liked Keegan Lowe as well with his mentorship with the kids. And if they can't bring him back, he's just probably going to go back to Bakersfield. Or it's 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 obviously wants to stay on the West Coast. Out of the yeah, out of the four time. out of the four free agents left, you have Andrew Agazino, Chase DeLeo, Podorowski, and Josh Mahura. But Josh Mahura, Josh Mahura is a restricted free agent. So you look at those four names, 
And I know you said you want to bring Chase DeLeo back. I'd like to bring Paul Dorowski back. Out of those four, who would be the odd man out that does not come Yeah, back? we were talking we were talking about this off here, but it seems like it's Agazino. Um just he he really came on at the end of the year. He was the leading scorer for the girls in the playoffs, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh so I guess yeah, he might get squeezed out and he might want to go to greener pastures, he might want to explore his opportunities with the new coming uh, Seattle Kraken because um, they'll be looking for some depth players. And it's going to be interesting when, when the uh, Palm Springs team comes in next year because they're yeah. going to want to pad out that roster too. Yeah, they're going to have to so really they're... pad out. Once that 32nd team comes in the 22-23 season, there's going to be a whole slew of guys that are going to have to draw that team out because if you recall right now, for the Seattle Kraken, they're loaning out their players to a couple of teams, which is going to be very strange to see this coming season. Kind of similar to how the Winnipeg Jets did that, I want to say, seven, eight years ago with the AHL and the ECHL. They did a similar thing where they had different guys come on to different teams. So this might be a case where guys like Keegan Lowe, he could end up just randomly elsewhere. Yeah, I wonder how many guys stick around one of the West Coast teams on a one-year deal with the aim to eventually play for the uh, Palm Springs team where they'll get a bigger opportunity. Um, But also that said with Palm Springs, uh, with Seattle sharing their players out next year, um, I don't realistically how many will they have to actually share out because kids that they draft in this upcoming draft won't be ready. Um, And guys that are taking the expansion draft, maybe two or three of them might not be. There's there's a few that might not be eligible. There's there's quite a few that might actually go back to juniors or may go back to college after all if they are drafted by Seattle yeah. because they won't be able to fill out the actual roster up in Seattle. So this training camp with the Kraken is going to be a very fascinating one because they don't have an AHL team specifically where they're going to go to. They're going to be strewn around the U.S. and Canada. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, I think I read somewhere, wasn't it Utica? No, not Utica, because they've moved. Um, Ron, oh, Charlotte, because Ron Francis has ties there still. So that's one of the major places that they'll be going. I mean, in terms of the expansion, I mean, I'm trying to remember back when Vegas had their expansion. Um, they wouldn't have had a farm team right away either. Uh, no, because some of their game, their some of their players went to the Chicago Wolves, and they didn't have that 31st team yet as well. So it, it was kind of strange times for a year or two. Yeah, they had the affiliation with them. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. It, it's to keep an eye on the, the Kraken training camp. It's going to be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, one more note before we wrap up on Locked On Goals. I mentioned Josh Mahura. He is a restricted free agent. You mentioned that there's going to be some really interesting names going into training camp. Out of some of these defensemen, who do you think is most likely to make the Ducks this coming season? I have strong odds on Cody Curran getting a shot this time. Um, he is very NHL ready. It's going to be a battle between him and Josh Mahura. Um, and I'm, I'm pulling for Josh Mahura as well. Um, and then, yeah, Drysdale is probably going to make the Ducks. Um and then, other than that, it's Benoit sniffing at the ranks. But, um, yeah, 
it's it's Mahura and Curran's time, especially in the way that the NHL is moving in terms of faster, sleeker defensemen. Yeah, I would like to see Curran get a shot as well. Uh, so anything else you want to mention before we wrap up? Um, no, we're just super excited for this, the um, upcoming, upcoming expansion draft and the uh, entry draft um, and who we might see. Yeah, and free well agency. The, um, <laughs> yeah, and free agency. And, and, yeah, true. And just who the girls might, how things might change the roster, essentially. Uh, who's going back, who they might bring in. Um, the brand new coach that's very very exciting um, and there's going to have to be one more assistant brought in so that keep an eye on that too yeah for sure well thank you so much for coming on for this season finale of Locked on Goals it's greatly appreciated and I'm sure, I'm sure you're curious as well as the fans well what's going to happen with Locked on Goals well it'll be back it'll be back next season <laughs> Once, yes. once September rolls around, Thursdays will be dedicated to the goals once again. So we'll be back with that around mid to late September. So woohoo! We'll have goals coverage Actually, once to, again. Yes. You're supposed to leave that as a tease, like an end of scene credit, like like Loki did. Be like, Loki will return season two. It just yeah. No, but I, I can't. Right. I can't <laughs> leave them hanging on that one. No, we we will be back for. For next season for Locked On Goals. Our first full season, I hope. <laughs> of course, yes, yes. Well, congratulations on being the first country that's com- you know completely got it sorted now. Well, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> sort of sorted out. <laughs> California's yes. doing okay. Well, I mean, California's doing oh, fine. Definitely. I'm just I'm worried about what England's doing, is what I'm saying. Yeah, so am I. But that's that's another topic for another day. Yes. <laughs> uh, so a programming note for everyone else here. As you know, next week is going to be the very, very busy week. The expansion draft is on Wednesday. Next Thursday will be all about who got chosen in the expansion draft. will be a draft preview. Friday will also be a draft preview. And the entry draft is next Friday and Saturday. And then you know what's coming after that? Free agency. John, you know when free agency begins? July 28th. So guess what happens on the 29th? That Thursday. We're going to talk about free agency. <laughs> Everyone's F-fiving their computers. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. It's going to be a crazy couple of weeks here. All right. Uh, we'll wrap up there. Thank you all for listening. I just want to say thank you to all the San Diego fans that have stuck around the past couple of seasons. You know who you are. You're all awesome and for those of you that i got to see this season i'm glad i got to see you guys once again can't wait to talk to y'all later on this calendar year in 2021 cannot wait to be back at pachanga arena to see that crowd cheer on their goals and do their chants there one two three four five etc it's all your fault you suck loser chants cannot wait for that i I definitely can't wait for that either that's gonna be fun in person again so again to the goals fans thank you thank you thank you (laughs) yeah great way to end i definitely can't wait for that yeah uh you could hear this podcast and any of the previous podcasts on apple podcast google podcast stitcher spotify or the new odyssey app you could follow john 
on Twitter at defend the nest SD. If I remember that correctly, it's a defend the nest. That's correct. Yep. SD. And also you could check out the website, which is defendthenest.com. And also check out John's other work. He mentioned that uh, at the beginning of this segment. So definitely check that out. It is the hockey pride thread from Brock McGillis. So check that out as well. I think I've given you the proper, yep. the proper. <laughs> yes, very, very much so. Um, I promise I'll have another drinking game or an updated drinking game for the new season. Yes, next season because I was very delayed in updating this one. Yes, that is awesome. <laughs> please, please, but please. you know I can't do that in person. <laughs> oh, I, know. I know. For the road games, it's, it's the road those, games. Yeah, it's for the road games and games that are going depressing. Essentially, yeah. We I mean, I use fun games too, but yeah. Yeah, we, we might need yeah. it. We might. Yeah. So thank you all so much. It is greatly appreciated. Uh, oh, I'm on the socials at StimpyJD, and the show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. So thank you to everybody. It is greatly appreciated. For Locked On Goals, that was John Broadbent. I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Please be safe out there. John, be safe. Do not get hurt anymore, please. Oh, uh, yeah. No I'm more getting... going to see the doctor. <laughs> yeah, my arm is still kind of bugging. I'm, I'm going to go see the doctor about it next week. <laughs> so, everyone, be safe out there. Be kind to one another. And ducks and gulls fly together. Caw-caw. Caw-caw.